Welcome to season two of Staffing Safety Society. I'm Kevin Trapani. And I'm Paige Bagwell. We're going to discuss the need we all have to change our perspective from time to time. And as part of that conversation, Paige, I understand you'll be taking us to the recent Boys and Girls Clubs of America National Conference. Is that right? That is right. I've said this to you many times before. It's one of my favorite conferences to go to. So I'm really excited we get to share a little piece of that today. All right. Well, we make a road trip today. So let's start with this. I want to just recap quickly season one and talk about what will be different for season two. Here's some things that aren't going to change. Our purpose, uh, which is our purpose at Redwoods, is to create communities that are safe for all. And this platform is meant to be quick and kind of strategic, digestible insights from our experience. People can apply to their day-to-day experience. That's not going to change, except it's debatable whether they were quick last year. There's a few long-winded ones. <laughs> yeah, those are mostly me. Thanks for not saying that. The the what of the podcast, quite frankly, it's still Staffing Safety Society. And, and it is because we cannot let staffing challenges compromise mm-hmm. safety, especially at a time when society just does not tolerate failure of, of any kind. And last year, you know, we had 20 episodes. This season, we have another 20 episodes. Last season, we had Passing the Trash. We talked about managing program scale to staff capacity. We talked about the social and emotional wellness needs for both youth in our care and for staff, which was right. really important conversation. Talked about ongoing and realistic aquatics training. I mean, we had a bunch of stuff and uh, there's good content, especially the stuff when you were talking. You provided great insight, Kevin. Oh, yes. Okay. Thank you for that. Uh, this year, there are a couple things that will be different this season. First of all, they will be shorter. Um, we're going to be about 15 minutes or less. We're um, promising that out of the gate, huh? Absolutely. So I better stop talking. There will be many more interviews with thought leaders. Yeah. Um, people responded well to guests. I'm not sure what that <laughs> means about us. Uh, no more topic of the day, although the issues of the day will inform the podcast in a, right. I think, in a powerful way. Uh, and then I think you'll find an improved soundscape. Anything to add about that in terms of what we're going to do differently for season two? No, I think we learned a lot last year and we hope that people kind of continue to listen and learn. And we certainly do, right? We learn a lot by doing this. We are definitely not the teachers in these moments. So I'm excited to get uh, started again. Well, let's get started with the BGCA conference. I'm so excited to share this today. So we took about seven people. We went to Orlando, BGCA National Conference. It's about 3,000 people. They come from all over the country, some in the world. Wow. Good morning. All right. Well, welcome to the 117th National Conference for Boys and Girls Clubs of America. Their conference theme was um, really interesting because it was called Forward, United for America's Youth. And they kind of focused on kind of that gathering in person, which is a big deal after COVID, right? Having 3,000 people in one place under one movement. And they want to unite under their shared vision, shared mission, and chart an inspiring path forward for our nation's youth. But in the spirit of linking past and present, of looking back while moving forward, That's exactly what they did. Like I said before, this is one of my favorite conferences, and they nail it. They talk about trauma-informed approaches. They talk about, um, you know, revenue streams and fundraising, but they always bring it back to really helping the kids in their care, which is one of the reasons we really loved meeting the people and seeing what um, everybody was bringing to the conference. So when we had our own booth of kind of where we set up to meet people, we did something really differently, Kevin. And if so, if you remember, the viewfinders we all had as a kid 
or at least a certain generation you and I had as a kid, where you actually looked into like this little screen thing and you had a lever to the right that you pulled down and it would show you different pictures. So we put ordinary objects as pictures into those viewfinders. So think car keys, beach towels, uh, a basketball. And we ask people... Everyday stuff. Everyday stuff. Like, how does a car keys lead to abuse? How does beach towels lead to abuse? And so you think car keys means, hey, I'll take the child home. And then it's you and that child in the car by yourself, which is not a safe environment for anybody or the beach towel. Hey, we can lay that over our laps on the bus. So getting people to think differently about, oh, it's not just the car keys, but what that means in the life Mm -hmm. of caring for children. And so we got to see all the types of things, like share our point of view there, but then we got to ask them how they were seeing things differently in their work each and every day. And I believe we did this last season where you're going to hear from some of the participants at the conference. So we asked them some questions like, how has the Boys and Girls Club taught you to see things differently? What do you wish everyone could see from your club experience? And what are the biggest risks to youth that you see? So really just having them concentrate on their day-to-day and how that can be different or how they can be you know, show up differently for those kids each and every day. Right, right. Do you want to hear from some of them? I do. I really do. Okay. So the first question we asked was, how has the Boys and Girls Club taught you to see things differently? I think we're going to hear from Sabrina first. We see that our kids don't have a level of discipline and parental engagement that they need to be able to be the best kid that they can be. This mm-hmm. one's powerful for me, Kevin, because it's just such a, such a good reminder of what the Boys and Girls Clubs do. When they come into the club, it might be their most stable environment for the whole day. They might get the discipline and the needs they have from home or wherever they're staying, wherever the caretaker is. And the club is that safe space. You bet. This is always makes me think. I, I love that comment because, you know, the easy thing for us to say in society is pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Mm-hmm. But when you don't have a home situation that's adequate to help you, you don't have bootstraps. And right. Sabrina, Sabrina is the bootstraps for a whole bunch of those kids. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So the next person that answered this question for us, um, Jonathan Helms. Let's listen from Jonathan. The Boys and Girls Club has taught me to see things differently because of the different perspectives from the many participants that we have. Being able to step into someone else's shoes from their point of view is important and crucial when providing services and support. So the Boys and Girls Club has taught me to see things differently by exposing me to the diversity and the community in which I live. Good job, Jonathan. What he said there is, I see things differently by the people that I'm surrounded with, including the kids. And empathy, right? Putting myself in their shoes to try to help them walk through life. Really, yeah. really great. Yeah. And and where our listeners are doing the best work is when they're meeting kids where the kids are. Right. And that's what I thought I heard. That was fantastic. I love that. Yep. Well, the second question I think you asked folks is, what do you wish everyone could see from your club experience? And I'm grateful that you asked that question that way. The first one is a young man named Samuel Hawkins, who's from the Boys and Girls Club of Rochester. Let's listen to that one. And I would think that sense of belonging, just when the kids walk in, knowing them by name, if you don't know their name, give it over that awkward hump and ask the name until you learn it. And read them by name and ask them about their life. And the way to find out about their life is by asking them questions and listening to them and just building that trust. Because when they have that sense of belonging and that positive relationship with positive adults that believe in them, care about them, have expectations, but you have to stay carried for weight and they'll listen to you. Mm. 
it's the simplicity of it. Just learn their name, listen to what they say, show them that you care. So simple, but gosh, so powerful. From people feeling like they're not seen, just being called by my name. Right. right. They know me. Yeah. And as Samuel said, just you got to earn that trust. Right. It's just beautiful. Samuel, you're doing great work. We also heard from David Voss um, from Port, um, I'll get this right, maybe, Wainini. I'm really interested to hear what he has to say because he's got a unique perspective. What I wish that everyone could see is just how hard my teens work to uh, be at the center or to do community service. They really take it upon themselves to do community service, not only at the club, but outside the club, whether that's donating or helping someone on the street or helping a friend. That's so powerful. I think he did two things here, right? David recognized his own staff, right? Those he works with and how hard they work. This is not easy work, Kevin. You and I see it every day. This is not easy work. And that it's not just about what happens inside the walls of the Boys and Girls Club. They know the club is a part of a community that they also have to support. Yeah. You know, it's really powerful because what he just said is I'm hiring people who have giving hearts, mm-hmm. right? And that's not just between, you know, three o'clock when the kids get there and six o'clock when you send them home. That's just who these people are in community all day, every day. What a great job that David is doing hiring, right? Building a team like that. Right. And showing that importance. That's great. All right. So the last question we asked are what are the biggest risks to youth that you see? And so Samuel Martinez um, from Fort Shafter Youth Center in Oahu, Hawaii. And so this is a part of a U.S. Army club. Had a few things to say about that. The biggest risk to youth that I see would have to be neglect or indifference to their problems. A lot of people like to think, hey, you know, you're old enough, you're big enough. You know, why are you crying? It's okay. Suck it up. Deal with it. It's not the right way to go. They still need our support just because... They're older now just because they're no longer at that school age, right? Our our teens still need that support. Without that support, they crumble. One of the big things that BGCA and all of their clubs are there for is to make sure that the youth still get that support. They still get that person that can hear them and that will listen to them and will talk to them. That would be what I see. People need people, right? And these kids, especially, no matter, they can be 15 or they can be six. It doesn't matter. They should have somebody that shows up for them and listens. Yeah, I don't think suck it up is a really effective (laughs) strategy for youth development. And, And what's fascinating is there are kids in our care every day who are hungry, who are poor, who are unhoused. Um, and it, it, we need to create a support structure for them. At the same time, there are kids who come to us that look for all the world like they have every one of the trappings of privilege, but they're lonely mm-hmm. right. or they're not connected to community or they're other, God forbid, they're other in some way. And these kids need our love. And that's mm-hmm. what they get every day from from folks right. like right. Samuel. Because one of the things, one of the ways to see this different differently is to remind ourselves that kids don't choose the position that they're in right? You You know, the house they live in, the type of income that flows in and out of that house, like they live in a life that they were, you know, born into and that they have to face whatever it is, right? Showing up for them, no matter what that position is, and just letting them know that somebody cares is, you know, priority number one. The folks you were with, you 3,000 of your closest friends at the conference, right? right, right. They were so great. But And there are people who are called to this selfless kind of work. It's amazing. You know, Paige, you and I have done the best we can to try to raise good families, but neither you nor I have chosen to spend all day, every day working with kids like your mom did. Right. And, and so those are 
special people, more special than me for sure. Right. They, they come with that heart of service, no matter what, just like you mentioned earlier, they come, you know, wanting to serve these kids. You bet. Well, listen, we certainly want to wrap up uh, right. this session of uh, what was really inspiring stuff. Thanks for sharing those, you know, those few things uh, with me and their perspective. We talked about this season being a season of, of seeing things differently in pages. You know, uh, I've been talking a lot about a book that I've read called I Never Thought of It That Way. Um, mm-hmm. And it's written by a liberal author who has very politically conservative parents. And she determined really uh, early on in the most recent uh, last five, six years of real uh, political divisiveness that she was not going to let anything external separate her from her mom and dad. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love that, right? Even though they're going to have political differences, they still love one another and they want to be together for meals and family and all that stuff. And so she learned to try to put herself in the position of others who she wouldn't otherwise have understood. But we're going to try to do that this year. Right. Right. We're going to tackle some big questions, gun violence, racism, abuse, obviously, labor market um, disruptions. Um, And we're going to talk about the big issues uh, with some thought leaders and help people to see how they might think about those things differently at at their own level, at their own day to day. And so one of them, for instance, at the BGCA conference, I know they spent a lot of time on workforce readiness. Well, there was a time when we didn't think about youth development as being an element of workforce readiness. So I, I really love that as a way of thinking about things differently. Right. I think you and I would argue that it's one of the best ways for workforce readiness is to work <laughs> for a club or a Y or a camp. And you so bet. we're um, excited to hear about all that. And I think, too, I'm excited about this season. We're taking on some big topics, right? But it means like, how can we drill that down to look at our everyday life, think about things differently, change our perspective, and then share it, right? That's the point of maybe that what your book is talking about. She was raised a certain way and she's trying to think about things differently, sharing it, but also showing love to everybody that you come into contact with when you're sharing that perspective. And, and that's all we want. That's all we want. You bet. Paige, thanks. Not sure where we are on the time clock, but um, that's about as fast as we're going to get. And so I'm going to read us out. Staffing, Safety, Society is created by the Redwoods Group. It's produced by Stephen Doshert, Melanie Young, Paige Bagwell, Piper Kessler, and me. If you like the show, tell a friend or leave us a review. If you have a topic suggestion or any kind of feedback, we'd love to hear. Click on the link in the show notes or send an email to community at Redwoods Group and we'll reply. That means a lot to us. Staffing, Safety, Society is recorded weekly in North Carolina. I'm Kevin Trapani. And I'm Paige Bagwell. Thanks for listening, y'all. Take care.